You're listening to Mystic Magic, exploring our spirit to understand our lives. I'm Celeste A. Frazier, your hostess. I'm an ordained New Thought minister who embraces all faiths. I've pastored a few spiritual communities, written a few books, performed in various media. I write, produce, and perform. I'm a visioning facilitator, a diversity, equity, and inclusion facilitator. And with Mystic Magic, we explore amazing guests to find out what the divine reveals through us and how we may benefit from this magnificence. Stay tuned. This is Mystic Magic, exploring our spirit to understand our lives. During the Lenten season, it is not enough to give up something physical since physicality is the result and not the cause. The intention is the most important part of release because if we knew what it is that we need to release, we would do so without struggle. Ego has a tendency to want to cling to the familiar and the familiar is so close to us that it feels natural. And we do not tend to want to escape from the familiar. It's our comfort zone. But comfort is the polar opposite of growth. There are new discoveries that can only occur in a new mindset. Scripture says that you cannot put old wine into new wine skins. More often than not, we learn from discomfort. And this has certainly been my experience in this Lenten season. Instead of setting an intention of what I wanted to release, I simply stopped being intentional about the things I am used to being intentional about. I did the unthinkable. I stopped my spiritual practice routines and literally went wandering in the wilderness. In this wilderness, I experienced separation so painful that it made me appreciate the connection that I had begun to do habitually. And at a certain point, Habits tend to become mechanical and less natural. That is the point where they become unappealing. And we don't know what the effect of not doing them is until we start to stink. (laughs) If it's the habit of bathing, obviously, that's a very literal lesson. And this is what will happen when you stop practicing, when you stop bathing. Benedict Cumberbatch realized that when researching his character for The Power of the Dog film. So when I stopped doing my practices, I started to stink. When I stopped my mindfulness practices, I started to misplace more and more things. It cost me time. It cost me energy. It cost me peace. And it cost me joy. When I stopped doing my meditation, it cost me connection. Losing connection caused me to lose my anchor. Losing my anchor caused me to have no sense of the divine without it feeling unnatural and unsustainable. See, when we lose our connection with the love, the peace, the freedom that a spiritual practice gives us, we are left to our own devices. And that's not good. What is good is realizing what I didn't know when my focus was on God and not on the God in me. To be resurrected is to be raised from the dead. And to be raised from the dead is to be lifted from the part of myself that needs pruning and new growth. There are dead things that need to fall away in order for new life to come to be. 
So here we are in the spring season expecting new growth and thinking that new growth can come without letting go of the old. This has truly been a Lent season for me. From March 2nd, when the dutiful Catholics stood in front of the train station and I was reminded by looking at them that I had forgotten to put my mask on. It wasn't until later in the day that I realized that I missed an opportunity to get ashes. Now, it's been many years since I received ashes. As a child, I had been convinced that it was my duty to get ashes. Now, in my weathered 60s, I think, what is the point of that symbolism? It doesn't make me feel any more spiritual. I later thought, how dare I miss an opportunity to connect with ritual in order to remember who I am. As a human being, I need breadcrumbs to find my way home. Home is spirit. And when I have relinquished my practices, except when I'm in public and neglect at times to take the opportunity to do ritual, I become comfortably uncomfortable with my infidelity. See, when we are in the wilderness, we forget who we are. Jesus the Christ exemplified this when he went through his 40 days of trials, seemingly tempted to trivialize miracles by obeying earthly demands. But instead of succumbing to this mockery of divine providence, he kept his eye on the prize. The prize, of course, is the word of God that he awaited, requested, and accepted. When crazy thoughts coaxed him to a suicidal jump with the assurance that angels would intercept, Jesus had the spiritual resources to stand on principle and say not to toy with God as though his life was a game. With a commitment to only serve God, Jesus rebuked the madness and recommitted to divine love. Divine thoughts comforted him and supported him in returning to peace. We in the 21st century do not rely on fairy tales and morality plays as we make our life choices. And given the thousands of years of historical conflicts, theological concepts, and liturgical guidance, we are mightily armed with the tools to discern truth. Yet, we are influenced by social media, news clips, and popular mindsets that bring contagious separation vibrations with energy to untether a commitment to oneness with God. While I did not completely move away from external elements, I had enough distance to be selective of drinking the Kool-Aid. I was and am aware of world events, of invasions, trials, and confirmation hearings. And beyond what was televised and transmitted, I do have my own life challenges. And that is where I choose to bring my attention today. Not unlike the distractions of dings and pop-ups from Messenger, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, I was bombarded with ants. They didn't all come at once, but little by little, they began to pop up in different parts of my home. In each instance, it distracted me from the task at hand. Sometimes almost missing planned phone calls or intended departures. The ants were simply symbols of distraction. Distraction pulls my attention away from my intention, and I feel robbed when this happens. However, I do know that I have the capability of focus, and it reminded me of how many times I have allowed little things to pull my focus off of goals and commitments. It could come in the form of resistance to my idea, or it could come by way of being undermined when completing an assignment. But with the goal of divine connection, 
there were too many times, like during Jesus' days in the wilderness, that there were thoughts that interrupted my commitment to spirit. It was time for my angels to comfort me. But they did not always come in the moments of comfort. Sometimes they came by way of insight. All of a sudden, I noticed several comments on my website remarking how wonderful the site was and how great my writing is and all of these kudos. The one comment that got my attention was, it's too bad you don't have a donate button because I would definitely donate to the site. How is it that I did not have a donate button? Where was my prosperity consciousness? Was this an oversight? More importantly, do I not value myself? This was a time of reckoning. I came to realize that I had become codependent on the praise of others rather than giving me my own assurances. I had become reliant on the world giving me validation rather than listening to the presence of God informing me that I'm heir to the kingdom and that all the father mother God has is available to me. When a friend posted a picture of discovering a pulpit in the midst of a rocky area with no audience there, I remarked, even the stones will call out my name from scripture. She replied, you don't need a pulpit. You have mystic magic. It was then that I realized that I put my focus and attention on others' gifts and knowledge and not that of my own. With the end of Unity Online Radio approaching, I was determined to make my last two episodes on UOR be in my voice alone. The sun was starting to glare between the branches in the wilderness. Light was breaking through. I was placing value outside of myself. And because of that, I was not prospering. I began to ask, what can I know about my own value? In the last two months, I had been robbed, hacked, and had my phone displaced by a seeming helper. Connections were being compromised. Trust was being threatened by the confidence schemes of a hacker representing me because I had not been representing myself. No one would steal or seek to covet that which has no value. I finally realized that I was in the wilderness and on the road of deception and treacherous distractions. Something within me was rising. The value of my unique contributions and benefits to humankind was neither sought nor solicited. And what I came to know is my value does not lie outside of me, but within me. What I was broadcasting was external attention. What was being transmitted to me from spirit was recognizing who I am and what my intrinsic value is. I noticed the showiness of someone dear to me on social media one day. Yet when he's around those who love him, he shies away from revealing his desires and aspirations. I realize he hasn't felt safe enough with us to proudly say or be who he is. And I began to question if my judgment has impacted his self-worth. When I always thought it was others who either coddled or criticized him, I started to wonder, when did I play a part in not affirming him? In a family dynamic where we all seem to have something to gain and lose about our identity, is it safe to be yourself? I've always been authentic in the company of my loved ones, but have I afforded others the safety and comfort of being themselves? There need not be a battle of who I see myself to be versus what I show others I am. 
This is a sense of separation that is contrived by ego. It does not deserve my attention or my power. It is safe to be me. Therefore, it is safe for you to be you. It was after the 40 days in the wilderness that Jesus came to himself and his authentic ministry was emboldened. He recruited Peter and Andrew, then James and John. He taught and healed. He encouraged everyone to shine their light. He warned people about judgment and encouraged reconciliation. He stimulated faithfulness and rejected false promises. He required forgiveness and stimulated love, even for those who use and persecute us. I have had a few pulpits where I always encouraged everyone to be responsible for their own spiritual development. I was willing to support them in their understanding and share my insight and guidance. And I continue to teach myself forgiveness regularly. That is one reason why I continue to facilitate A Course in Miracle Sessions. And my upcoming book includes many principles from the course. I know through the Spirit that there can be no love without forgiveness. Jesus discouraged his followers from preaching at others while being unwilling to practice it on their own and in their own lives. He suggested that we pray in private and to be present with our God through our prayer. I enjoy connecting with my essence. And when I do so, the prayer prays me. I don't care who else is listening because I am intently listening to its guidance. Listening to the insight, I thought I didn't do it right. Now realizing there is no wrong, I have been guided all along. The journey of awakening replete with drama and quaking has shown me my own neglect and given me pause to reflect, given me cause to respect the God in me. It will never flee, but I'll always makes me see the truth of who I am, especially when I'm in a jam. Trying to go cold turkey, I forgot what was key. And boy, did it cost me. Old symbolic practices treated casually cannot get me where I want to be. The time has come to stop being numb. Going home is the only destination that will give me rejuvenation. Home is in the hands of God the place of serenity that deserves more than a nod. It is peace eternally. Thank you for tuning in today. Be sure to check out our show notes for more information about today's episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and all of your favorite podcast venues. This is Mystic Magic, exploring our spirit to understand our lives. In the first event of its kind, African Americans in New Thought offer Celebrating Our Soul, a New Thought Conference by people of African descent, this August at Unity Village in Lee Summit, Missouri. You want to be there. There will be prayer, meditation, yoga. There will be speakers like 
Michael Beckwith, Bishop Jack Bomar, Bishop Yvette Flunder, Dr. Sheila McKeithen, Reverend Sylvia Sumter. There is an abundance of workshops from wonderful facilitators and ministers across the country. And there is fantastic music with the likes of Michelle Jordan, Esther Nicholson, John Stringer, Lee Langston. There is going to be so much fun. We want to see you there. Check us out at www.padntg.org. See you there.